Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, for a lovely, pleasant change, I've got my guest, Rob Smallbone, here to discuss his relationship issues and challenges, because I thought it'd be nice for listeners to listen and and know that they're not alone in, in whatever issues or challenges or problems they might have faced in their love or de- relationship or, or dating history. There's always some golden nuggets in every conversation. So welcome, Rob. Uh, thanks for having me, Lynn. It's uh, a pleasure a pleasure to be uh, chatting with you. And I'm sure we're going to deep dive into a few, a few things uh, that are going to make me a little bit uncomfortable, but bring it on. It's all good. Yeah, and, and, and I really appreciate this because, you know, especially men are not, um, m- many of them are not very forthcoming, you know, when it comes to being able to share any issues, especially around relationships, you know, so I really do appreciate this because, um, as I say, it's quite rare, I feel, for men in general to, to want to share because they're usually quite autonomous and want to share, uh, you know, you know, just with themselves <laughs> and work it out for themselves if they've got any issues or problems. But so the listeners have a bit of an idea, it'd be great if you just share a little bit about um, what your current status is uh, and previously what's led you to where you are now. In terms of in terms of relationships, uh, yeah, good question. So where, so at the time of recording, uh, I'm, I'm 31, I live in Hull. I've been single for f- just over five years, uh, predominantly through choice, I'm a lad. And ooh, last relationship I had... Uh, yeah, so just over five years ago, uh, then I went travelling, so we kind of uh, broke it off, and then travelling is travelling, came back, and then my focus, my main focus has been on growing uh, the various property businesses, uh, writing books and, and stuff like that. So I've had a quite a big focus doing that, which once I, get in, once I have focus or get involved in doing something like that, I'm quite single track-minded. So the ideas of, you know, relationships haven't really um, come to my thought or haven't really come to the front of my attention too much over the last uh, five years or so. Okay, so when you think back to your previous relationships, um, what I suppose what I'd like to know is, is first of all, what's been your longest relationship? Longest relationship has been about two and a half years. And that was the one directly before I went travelling in 2014. Okay. Uh, and what do you think, uh, if any, has been a common issue that or challenge that's come up in any of your previous relationships? Me? Yes. Probably. Uh, I'll be <laughs> honest, um, common denominator. <laughs> in terms of, I mean, what I mean by that, I mean, I sound flippant saying that, but I mean, in, in reality, it's true. So if I look at, so for anyone that, you know, for anyone, for anyone that does know me, um, they will know that I always say the same thing when it comes to traveling changed my mentality. It changed my mind on many of things. For those of you that don't know me, then traveling changed my mentality. It changed 
uh, yeah, 2014-2015, I was in South and Central America for with my now business partner for about 10 or 11 months. Uh, we had a fantastic time. We saw a lot of things. Uh, it opened our minds to different ways that people live their lives. And, you know, I, I went away being very, you know, very angry person, very close-minded, very short-tempered. Uh, but I came back. I was a lot more open-minded. I still can have a short fuse at some point, depending on what, what goes on. Um, but, you know, the traveling changed me as a person. I think the the challenge, the, the fun challenge at the moment is, is having been single for so long, is all these lessons that I've learned, not just about traveling, but about growing businesses and working on business relationships as such. I've not been able to transfer what I would class as a new skill set and a new mentality into you know, an actual relationship. So I'm looking forward to that moment because whoever's on the receiving end of it, they're going to they're going to have the best time of their lives. <laughs> so you've learned a lot of skills with your travelling and, and 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 business insights that you feel would be beneficial. You know, come the time that you attract a new relationship, and to be able to transfer those skills into that romantic relationship you're speaking about. Yeah, I say so. And what also has helped, and again, I'm going to say this quite flippantly, is I've been living with. My um, flatmate for two and a half years. We've known each other about three and a half years in total. Um, she, I mean, she's absolutely wonderful. So having lived with a woman over the last three and a half year, uh, two and a half years, sorry, has put me in good stead because I, I know when to shut up. <laughs> I know when to fight my battles, which is rarely, uh, and I also know my place. You know, never argue with a woman, you're never going to win. <laughs> I, I differently from... Um, you know, from a man's perspective. But I think it's an important lesson um, uh, as well. But th- these sort of joking things that we have going on, I do believe that, you know, that has put me in good stead. Uh, it, it would have been completely different living with a man two and a half years. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm respectful of that. And I think that would um, put me in good stead moving forward. Okay, so when you think about what what lessons you've learned that, that, that would make a difference, you know, um, if you were in a new relationship now, what do you think those lessons are that you could share with us? Number one would be don't make mountains out of molehills. It's very easy to get into debates about petty things because you have this sort of uh, a psychology of, you know, I have to be right, you have to be wrong. I, I, I would completely wipe that away completely. And then the three things I've just said about living with my current flatmate is you know, having it a lot more of a, a respect for one another. Also knowing when to fight your battles, knowing when to shut up and, you know, just jokingly assigning, you know, mentally accepting the fact that just women are right, just let them crack on with what they need to do. <laughs> from a man's point of view, I, I find that the less, um, you know, the less we talk sometimes, the less crap we get ourselves into. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say those four lessons would be what I would take away from previous experiences and that's what I'd put into the next experience. Excellent. Um, I'm not saying excellent because <laughs> I necessarily agree that women are always right, but I think that you know, I do I do feel you 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 hit a chord with with me and I think in, in any relationship that 
you know, thinking about what's more important. Is it is it more important to be right or is it more important to, to maintain that connection and, and maintain the int- intimacy in relationships, not just from men, but from women as well. You know, this is what I teach women that at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter uh, who's right. You know, you can have differing opinions just because you don't uh, want to engage in an argument doesn't mean you necessarily agree with your other half. It just means that, you know, in that moment, you prefer to maintain the intimacy rather than it lead to an all-out conflict. It's spot on. And a lot of that comes down to mentality as well. And we're always going to have differences in opinions. That's life. And if you're able to portray, be able to portray that in, in a constructive manner with the person that you love or the person that you live with, then that's going to help. And that's going to go a long way to maintaining you know, the status quo as such, and, and that's important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people forget, you know, um, that in the context of relationships, that what they really want is to feel that love and connection because they're so hung up in their heads around wanting to be right. <laughs> and in that moment, I feel that, you know, especially for us women, you know, when we do get into that masculine energy of wanting to be right, that we do then create the opposite of what we want. We we cause him to back away and withdraw, and then we wonder why that happens. I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a way of speaking to men that, you know, I mean, because women generally do want to be heard, and that's a common complaint I hear from my audience is that, you know, um, you know, men don't listen, <laughs> or, or if they do, they're just pretending to listen and then they're tuned out, really. Um, but you know, there's ways of approaching men because they're more autonomous that's going to make it more likely that he will listen and be present. And you know, the common complaint for men is that 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 you know, um, women are hard work, you know, <laughs> and the thing is that we don't mean to be hard work, <laughs> there is just this difference that needs to be understood and and we're not actually educated around relationships in 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 our school or parenting environments normally are we no we're not and you touched on a very important thing there which i would argue is about communication because if you've got clear communication channels and you understand the values that the other person holds then that's really important because you can then hold to their values you can you can sing to their values and i'll give you an example um so yeah my flatmate and i um a restaurant in hull that we we normally go to a really good restaurant and um it was one weekend and she just said oh i fancy going to meze which is the name of the restaurant great no problem at all you know can we go and it's like yeah fine whatever but she knows that i make all my decisions based on on economics so i i look at numbers i look at how far an investment can go all that sort of stuff. She was paying for it, ironically. It was her turn. We, we, we alternate like that. And uh, she jokingly looked around at the menu and went, ah, their specials are, you know, their, their special days are Monday to Thursday. Well, let's just go on Monday instead. And I just started laughing. I thought that is absolutely superb. Even though that she was paying for it, she's looked at that. She knows that I make decisions economically. And she said, oh, let's just do Monday instead. It will be cheaper uh, for the same sort of dishes that we wanted. So I was laughing. I was laughing about that because I thought that was funny. Point being of that, because she understands my highest values and I understand her highest values, it's easy for it's easy for us to articulate to each other 
if we need to discuss something, it's you know all cards laid down on the table, and we can sing to each other's values. And once you can do that, I'm not saying that you know they then become putty in your hands, but that right way of communicating certainly goes a long way to you know maintaining that level in a relationship or friendship in this case. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I had a similar conversation, funnily enough, with my other half, Paul, um, and literally knew how to tap into what he values because he was struggling with, funnily enough, he's got his own um, Speaking From Our Hearts podcast and he was struggling with juggling, you know, um, the backlog and he was trying to squeeze it all in within, oh, you know, should I do this in September or, you know, uh, I, I need to sort of um, decide whether it's going, this is going to happen in September or whether it's going to happen in October. And I knew straight away because he's such a, a structuralist and he's very driven by um, compartmentalizing things within time frames. I says, well, why don't you, you know, start that new session regime? at the beginning of Q4, which when he divides the year up into quarters, you know, Q4 is October. And he, he got no answer to that. He just says, yeah, mm, that's the answer. <laughs> you know, it's like, that, that was, that, he, he couldn't argue with, with the, the logic of that because it sort of fits so nicely into what he values in terms of structure and timelining things that, yeah, actually that, 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 that's the answer Lynn. you know, the, the Q4. I don't need to worry about trying to get it all in September. Let me say that, you know, I'm going to start this new pattern of um, producing these podcasts in, in October because that's the start of Q4. <laughs> and it was just like... <laughs> that's a fascinating example. And it's very poignant because that, that's... The, and again, I, I, I say this humbly. I say this, I'm not, you know, I, I'm by no means a guru on this. I've been single for you know, just over five years. But... That being said, I will give you my sixpence. And that is a, that's a great example because that demonstrates that you there's an understanding there and you're able to articulate it to exactly how your husband understands it. And as you've just explained, he's just gone away and gone, boom, light bulb moment, great, thanks. If you'd have said that any other way, chances are you would have probably had the same conversation. So, yeah, I, I said kudos to that. Yeah, the chances are I wouldn't have received it because, it it you know, a lot of men receive advice as unsolicited and unless he's inviting you in which he obviously was inviting me in on, on that within that conversation but you know sometimes it can still come across as being unsolicited if you're trying to really you know dominate and, and make make it that you know this is my opinion and this is what you should go with it type approach rather than you know think of it you know as being the start of q4 you know which i knew would be a perfect fit for, for how he structures his life perfect <laughs> Okay. Uh, I was interested, Rob, because you said that you've got this um, relationship triangle theory, which I haven't previously, you know, off air got to know about, but I, I'm just going to throw it right out there and, and get you to talk about it now. Well, so what do you mean by this relationship triangle theory? Tell me about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, no problem at all. So if obviously appreciate if people are listening to this when they're driving or at the gym, so just try and imagine this as, as best as you can. You draw what I assume is an equilateral triangle. So a regular triangle, we've got a big base and then you go all the way to the, the top and you've got a point at the top. Now what I find is what a lot of people do, or you know, certainly maybe in, in the UK and in our culture, that people often have 
the pinnacle of any relationship normally ends up in marriage or, or civil partnership nowadays, either or. And that seems to be the the apex of what the bit at the top and everything else happens underneath. Well, my argument to that is if you flip the triangle upside down, so you've got your point at the bottom and it goes, you know, upwards and outwards, surely when you meet someone or when you start courting, I love that word, <laughs> when you start courting, that you've got a solitary meeting point and then everything else grows from there. That's what I mean by that is just flip it on its head and going, you know, rather than working towards this goal of you know, whether that be marriage or whether that be, you know, kids or, or whatever it is, flip it on its head and go, well, you know, we start with a single meeting point and then, you know, almost like love can grow over time because as, as love grows or you know, as you grow, love grows and it just goes, you know, outwards and then the options become endless rather than having it the other way around. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Definitely because, like you say, it, it, it if you flip the triangle on its head, so the point is facing downwards, and it's it's more like a a funnel, and and you're sort of moving up through the the funnel, and it opens out, and you're allowing more space and more room and more opportunities for new levels of growth and insights to come in. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, hundred percent. It's it's just having a different approach of something and yeah that's exactly also that's what goes around in my head anyway so yeah well, lovely thank you for sharing that i wondered what that was all about but it's, it's something that rob mentioned off air that he's got this theory around so i thought I'd just throw it out there for our listeners and get him to to talk about what that is so thank you for sharing that so another thing that um intrigues me rob is Obviously, you've mentioned that, that you've been single for five years now, um, and that, that, that's by choice. So um, what what potentially are or have been any barriers? Has there been any barriers to you, to you not wanting to have a relationship? Has that been through choice because of previous hurt experiences or because just generally, you know, your focus is what was elsewhere? Well, that's an interesting question. This is where we can start going into slightly deeper waters uh, as such so my my standard response to that would be went traveling didn't want to have the sort of you know idea in my head that i'd, I'd go back to someone and anything like that so that was a that was a, effectively a free period came back to readings that's where i'm from hot around for a little bit then started getting involved in in property and starting to want to build portfolio most of which is up in hull and I moved up to Holland in 2017. And the, the, the focus has been getting the assets in, growing the business to supply enough money per month where you know, I can look after myself on a basic level. Because well, once you can look after yourself, then you can look after others. But that being said, the sort of deeper psychological challenge would be you know, my parents divorced when I was relatively young. Um, in fact, my brother was younger. Um, so I've always had this unfathomed fear of commitment with another individual. So, yeah, that's psychologically speaking, that's what I know is holding me back. It's actually like therapy, being able to sit here and say that. It's, I like to keep myself to myself. So actually saying that, you know, in itself is, is, is therapeutic. Um, so I know that's actually the thing that's holding me back is is that, but I just have to sort that out myself and uh, 
you know, get over it and then do effectively, if I remember things properly, is watch what happens to my parents and go, right, let's not do it like that. Let's go and do it like this and, and then kind of rectify that. So, you know, that, that's what I know I've got to do. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I really appreciate that that takes a lot of courage to share that and, um, you know, and and actually put put it out there from your heart as to, you know what, you know, this is the situation and, you know, I know that this or a part, part of me is, you know, feeling pain from that situation that you shared around your parents and, to know that you know what we don't have to repeat those cycles of our parents do we we don't we 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 quite often see it happening within families where children do grow up and repeat those negative patterns but we have got that conscious decision now and awareness to know that you know what we don't have to we have a choice we can we can do it differently absolutely and that is that is a key thing to remember it is exactly that is there, there is no harm in our lives making our own mistakes we're going to make mistakes no one's perfect if we can learn from the mistakes of others and observe others and where they went wrong and, and learn from that, that's a very good way of of doing it. So, yeah, that, that combination of, of factors, I think, is, uh, has led me to where I am today. But I'm also at the stage where, you know, our, you know the property nomads podcast is going well, you know, the property stuff's going well, you know, we're expanding as well. And starting to get to the stage where we started to systemize leverage a bit more and with that you end up creating more time for yourself so now that time's come back into my calendar it's you know i've, I've got no i've got no issues being in my own company or obviously you know with a flatmate and having a laugh and doing xyz at the same time i am consciously aware that now that time's come back you know let's invest that time into into something more fruitful so we'll see what happens yeah and i think um you know one of i don't know if you've heard of tony robbins in the personal development world but one of his sayings around uh you know our deepest fears are, are that we're um either not enough or if we're not enough then we will never be loved and i think a lot of those types of words are very true for all of us and it can be quite scary, can't it, to, to put yourself out there and put yourself back on the market, so to speak, and start dating again. But the thing is that I want to reinforce that everybody, and you included, obviously, Robert, you know, you are enough. You do deserve to be loved. And don't don't hold yourself back because... Um, real passion in relationships comes from you know our hearts not our heads it has to you know be that you are in a position where you feel ready to 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 wear your heart on your sleeve and, and women appreciate that uh, but you know it's also i suppose letting you know that wearing your heart on your sleeve may potentially lead to you having some hurt experiences but unless you do that you're never going to really feel and live a life where you, you've got that relationship and it's operating at its highest level. It's interesting you mentioned about emotions. So I'm relatively, I'm relatively stoic um, 
uh, stoicisms around tranquility of the mind and trying to take emotion out of pretty much everything that you do and, and try and think of everything on a pragmatic level. So I'm, I'm incredibly pragmatic. And this is one of the big changes I've had since the last relationship, going traveling, coming back, you know, being in, in property, is I've become a lot more pragmatic about things. So, you know, I, I try not to get too emotional about things, wh whether they're good or bad. At the same time, with that, I don't tend to bottle them up either. So years ago, I would have bottled everything up and then, you know, at some point, as, as we've all done before, you just explode. And sometimes if you explode at the wrong person, you know, that damages that friendship relationship, so that's not good. So I, I, I've practiced and continually practice to not be um, overly emotional about things. And at the same time, I don't bottle things up. So I'm just very constructive, you know, relatively calm. Lots of people that work with me as well, but they'll say the same thing, you know, relatively calm, relatively pragmatic. Yeah, I am prone every once in a while to blow in my fuse as such, but I'll make sure that I do that either in a room with myself or, you know, I'll make sure if I'm driving or something, I'll, you know, get everything out in the open just with myself. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's, for me, it's trying to find that balance as well. I'll look forward to it. Yeah. And the thing is that we don't need to um, make ourselves wrong for being emotional. You know, if we do experience negative feelings, you know, it's not wrong to experience that. What I think, uh, where I think people do lack the awareness is though to um, to not hang on to those feelings for too long. You know, acknowledge those negative feelings, whatever they might be. You know, allow yourself to feel that, even if it means, um, you know, especially for women that being more emotional, crying about it, because those tears are healing tears. But then, you know, not allowing those feelings to dominate and actually live there permanently within you, you know, allow them to sit there for a moment, feel them, but then let them go and take the learning from the situation. We have to learn. If we're not, if we're not learning, we're not moving forward. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so important to, to not ignore, like you said, any feelings, because otherwise, like you said, they, they just fill us up and cause us internal stress and can make us ill. True. And I don't know the stats on this, but I would argue that that happens to men a lot more. Yeah, I would say so. I would, I would yeah. generally say that that's true because, you know, my education in these podcasts is to let everybody know that, you know what, not just are men physically very different to us, mentally, emotionally and behaviourally, you're very different. So women do share, you know, we do um, let out our feelings more. We do, we are more emotional creatures, whereas men don't, you know. So like you said, that is more likely to happen to men where they internalise it more and then on the back of that suffer more, you know, through their stress or whatever illness it might bring on. Yeah, and that, that all comes down to, you know, this sort of culture that we have of, you know, well, I say being male, you know, we want to be the alpha male and, you know, want to be, you know, want to be as hard as nails and, you know, we don't want to, you know, talk to our mates about, oh, hey, how are you feeling, Dave? You're right. You know, <laughs> yes. We see a sign of weakness, which is, when I think about it, it is pretty daft. It is pretty daft. Then, you know, if it's, this has been going on for, I guess, hundreds, possibly thousands of years. So, you're not exactly going to flick the switch and it's going to change overnight. But, uh, I think the more you talk about something and the more constructively 
and communicatively you can talk about something, I think the better your life will, or anyone's life will become. Yeah, I think it is good, you know, that men are feeling more comfortable now sharing, you know, and, and coming forward and uh, and um, talking about their feelings because we all have that masculine and feminine energy and it's just at what appropriate times do we need to use it, you know, and certainly for men to show their vulnerability, but from a, a place of strength, you know, not not in an unhealthy way, but in a healthy way from a place of strength and that and that self-love it is, is very attractive, you know, and I, I think sometimes men think it, it can come across as being unattractive or unmacho or unmasculine uh, but that's only unattractive and unmacho and unmasculine if, it, if it's from a place of you know that neediness or desperation or that unhealthy masculinity of you know being the, a very aggressive possessive controlling type masculine energy rather than the healthy you know very uh you know strong protective and, and chivalrous man as with anything balance is important yeah and i think men are, are worried about you know how especially they, these days about how to show up as a as a healthy masculine male you know what does that look like you know because there is those those unhealthy traits of masculinity but there's also the healthy traits of masculinity and women want to see those healthy traits of masculinity and understandably so it's you know i know a few people that say to me that they'd like to see almost like someone's two-faced like they've got this you know from a you know in their men or whatever to have this sort of exterior posture when they're out and about together you know i I want this alpha male i want this you know someone's going to protect me and all that jazz but then behind the scenes you know they want them to be you know very romantic and you know this and that so it's almost like this this two-faced approach which I'm sure it works for, for many people. I don't see any, I don't see any issue with that. And everyone's different at the end of the day, and everyone's going to have their own sort of wants, desires, and qualities. Definitely. Well, what I teach is that we all have masculine and feminine energy. Usually, in the context of opposite sex relationships, it's usually the same as your gender. So, if you're a woman, then you're more dominant energy is your feminine and if you're the man your your more dominant energy is the masculine but also within that there's the healthy and the unhealthy aspects of that and what i teach is is how to you know join the two but from a place of the man operating at his highest healthiest masculine and the woman operating at a highest healthy fem- healthiest feminine because quite often women you know especially if we've been hurt or um we've been abused or if we've been educated to to be more like men in the workplace use their masculine energy within their intimate relationships and it doesn't work because men just feel within the context of that another masculine energy in the room and that's when you get conflicts arise Uh, and quite often because we're not being educated around this stuff neither party knows why that's happening (laughs) you learn something new every day i did not know that so every day's a school day yeah um and you know women just naturally default into the masculine energy on the back of being hurt you know they, if they've got a history of being hurt or 
abused or, you know, as I say, also because we've been educated to be more like men to succeed in the workplace, then we get used to living in that more masculine energy. And then obviously we're looking for that masculine energy in our partner. But then because we're sort of being the masculine energy within that relationship, he's stepping more into his feminine, which we, we don't find attractive at all. Uh, and so, you know, that there's either that lack of attraction that occurs or, as I say, you know, there is this feeling in that relationship that mm, the man's picking up the woman's in her masculine energy and you know what? Mm, I don't like it. I'm not attracted to that. There feels like another masculine energy in the room and, and that's how those conflicts arise and we don't get taught this stuff in schools as to how to handle that when that's happening or why or understand why it happens even in the first place. Quite complicated is, well, I mean, I suppose if, if anyone's listened to this um or, you know, people are listening to this and this is the first time I've listened to, you know, this podcast and they're, you know, that's one of the first things they've heard. They're probably thinking, what on earth are you, you know, what on earth are you talking about? But it's a very, it's a very good point that you make as well. And it's, therefore, that then has to come down to knowledge. If you don't know about something, you can't act on it. No. If, you know, given what you just said, it's the first time I've heard of it. It makes perfect sense to me. So I'll make sure I go away and, and do a bit of extra research on it. Um you know, and take take the necessary action because it's now, you know, my awareness has just increased in what you've said. And I'm sure for, you know, people listening as well, you know, their awareness is, you know, even further increased and they, they might be able to take the same lessons away. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, as I say, this is, this is um, my take on my own personal experiential learning and on all, you know, subsequent research and trainings I've done with various experts around relationships and it makes perfect sense to me and uh, I'm just sad that it's not part of the school curriculum (laughs) and that that this isn't taught so that we can all have healthy relationships because I'm sure we can we all can have healthy relationships it's just that we're not educated to to uh, to the, the level of awareness to be able for us all to create that it's the same about learning with finances you know, in, in the school curricular system as well. If if we had a, a better understanding of that, then the chances are you wouldn't get, you know, as many people in debt and, and so forth. I mean, that's a completely different conversation for a different time. So, yeah, I, I share what you're saying about learning about a particular subject, which is quite important anyway. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure it's the same with many subjects in the, in the school system. Definitely. Well, on that note, I want to thank you very much Rob for coming on to the podcast I'm going to make sure that um, your bio and contact information is put in the show notes so that any audience members listening to this can know how to get hold of you if they're interested in connecting with you so thank you so much for being a part of this episode and for sharing your vulnerabilities and uh, you know that that is so rare to have that on this show so I'm really grateful thank you I'm glad I can be a, a unique specimen, <laughs> uh, if that's the case. And yeah, feel free to uh, get in touch on the socials. The easiest way to find out more about myself and what I do is to go and check out Property Nomads podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and so forth. So um, yeah, go and like and subscribe and, and share the share the word with others. That'd be fantastic. Yes, and on that note, thank you very much to my guest again, Rob Smallbone, and. Remember, listeners, true love starts with opening our hearts. 
Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.